the That's Good From You podcast welcomes you into a dynamic conversation about faith and following King Jesus in a complex world. Join us as we grapple with difficult questions and learn to live in the tension. Welcome back to the That's Good From You podcast. Hi, everybody. It's Emma. It's Sophie. We are back and we are excited for episode 12. And we have a very special guest with us today in the studio. Can we say in the studio? In the spare room. (laughs) (laughs) In our spare room. And that is Mary Ackers. Mary Ackers. Hello. We are so excited that you're with us today. And it seems like a lot of people are excited that you're here with us today. Yeah, Mm. that's humbling. (laughs) Yeah. It's great. We're very excited to have you on. We know that Mary is a very passionate uh, lover of Jesus and all things justice, um, that you have a lot of passion around these topics of leadership and church. So we're like, oh, what better person than to get on in here and share these things? Yeah. Great. I can think of a few better, but that's okay. <laughs> See, so humble. So yeah, humble. So humble. But Mary, we have the uh, a really important question to mm-hmm. ask you. What's your juice? My juice? Hot, <laughs> hot bean juice and anger, I think is, yeah, what, what I've wow. come down to. Hot bean juice. Yeah. We're not talking like kidney juice. Nah. Kidney juice? Kidney, <laughs> kidney bean juice. Kidney <laughs> bean juice. <laughs> oh, another level. Interesting. Where, that what, went in a really weird direction. Like coffee, coffee, hot bean juice. Hot bean coffee. juice. Hot bean juice. Yeah. How do you have your cough? Uh, I like a good latte. Mm. Oh, just yeah. classic latte. No sugar. Yeah. Mm. And like oh. regular milk. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. an AeroPress. Mm. Like I'm a bit... Like, it's a bit bougie, I feel. Maybe not. Maybe it's, it's not. Wine. Girl. <laughs> you would. Um, Mary, can you tell us just a bit about yourself? I don't know. Fun facts. What do you do? Who are you? Who am I? Yeah. I'm just just a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Living in a lonely world. <laughs> um, I am a pastor uh, mm-hmm. at a local um, Adelaide church um, yes. and have been in youth ministry for about uh, 10 years. And, Ooh. yeah. Also work for Baptist churches, just looking after the state youth ministry mm. events and things. So, well, yeah, big timer. Mm. Yeah. And just looking after, like that's a really small, <laughs> small thing. It's it's big. Yeah, it's just, good. Just yeah. like run statewide things. Yeah, yeah. If anyone's time. interested in leading on Easter camp, just <laughs> shout out. looking for leaders. <laughs> just a small plug. Oh, always, always hustling. All right. <laughs> this is what we're going to get people onto the podcast from now on and they're going to be like, okay, here's my thing. Come, Come volunteer. Yeah. 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 No, I'm not seriously. trying to sell you anything. That's fine. Oh, wowzers. <laughs> Love it. Well, clearly you have been in leadership for a while and clearly in a lot of different uh, spaces as well, mm. contexts. And so that's mm. what we want to jump into today, episode 12, Red Flags of Leadership. And so mm. last episode we touched on green flags of leadership, talking about integrity and humility, what it looks like to work on character as the major task of a leader, mm. talking about what, yeah, what makes a good leader. And so this week we thought we would jump into – Quite a tricky topic, red mm. flags of leadership. And um, we've been reflecting and this is quite a difficult conversation for us to have mm. um, because we, I think all of us, we have experienced some really difficult uh, leadership in our life, uh, been under some really interesting leaders that mm. have honestly caused, yeah, a, a fair bit of harm and distortion for the way that we see church and leaders and Jesus now. And so Mm. we want to have this conversation. Uh, We want to ask the question, what are some red flags we've experienced or seen in leadership? Yeah. But super important caveat up front, no one, or I want to say no one, but let's say most people Mm. do not set out to be this kind of leader. Like most people are not starting out, at least in ministry leadership, thinking or planning to abuse power and hurt people. 
Mm. Uh, it's lots and lots of small decisions in the wrong direction. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Mm. But I think it's really important that we realise that no one's wholly bad or wholly good because when we have these conversations, it's so easy to talk about all the negative things and then talk about people as if they are just 100% mm-hmm. bad. Yeah, um, yeah. But we are all a combination of both good and bad. Mm. And so as we talk about these red flags of leadership, we want you to keep that in mind and we're going to try to do that as well. When we talk about leaders who have behaved badly, we're talking about real people. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't excuse their behavior, but it's a reminder to us um, that we want to hold people's humanity, the fact that they are humans made in the Mm. image of God. And that actually helps us not fall in the trap of also behaving badly and also finding ourselves exhibiting these red flags of leadership. Totally. So we want to be careful that we don't fall into the same patterns that we see the leaders who have perhaps hurt us. Yeah. Um, It's also worth mentioning, this is not an exhaustive list. This is us Mm. sitting down and going, what has been our experience in leadership? Mm. Um, So there may be other things that you think should be on the list. That's right. And you guys have actually responded. We Mm. posted on Instagram um, a poll asking, you know, what red flags have you seen in leadership? And so thank you to anyone Mm. um, who responded in that. Thanks for your vulnerability. We appreciate you trusting us with your experience within that. Um, But yeah, we're going to just kick off. Red flags in leadership, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, as we kind of touched on last episode, I guess looking at what makes a good leader is that they have integrity and they have humility Mm. that comes from, you know, character. And so if we're looking at what makes the opposite of a good leader, Mm. then perhaps that looks like a lack of integrity Mm. or pride, the opposite of humility. Mm. Yeah. So we talked about humility being that idea of using your power for the good of others, not personal gain. Um, and yeah, so definitely, I guess an opposite of that is using power for self and for your own good, Mm. but yeah, pride definitely comes into that. So, um, have there been different things for each of you in terms of integrity or in terms of pride that you've seen play out, not necessarily specific situations, but like what sorts of things have you seen in that space? Yeah. Well, I think the obvious answers are things like we hear a lot about people having affairs and, Mm. um, and Mm. sexual abuse in the church, which is, um, really up the top of the list of things that we see. Um, mm. But I think that it goes a lot deeper and there are other small ways that we see this playing out in church. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like people who um, just kind of wield their authority in a way that is damaging and, mm. um, you know, uh, just do that because I'm telling you to do it and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it doesn't always have to be, yeah, the big kind of explosive news, like headline making things, but mm. it can be day-to-day kind of abuses of power totally yeah, yeah. it's it, like i said at this like before it's those small steps in the wrong direction that often then lead to the big mm. explosive things if they go unchecked but yes. we often don't acknowledge or see or talk about those smaller things of like you said just do it because i said so mm. um, this is just the way it is yeah. um, and that can come out in so many different ways mm. Mm. yeah and I, like if we're thinking about pride i've seen that and experienced yeah pride in leaders that i've been under and being led by and that is just a shocking thing when you are being led by someone who just isn't teachable Mm. and we're going to touch on this a bit more but someone who isn't willing to um have questions thrown at them or Mm. you know you're asking things um and yeah there's just no teachability yeah um there's just a pride that what i say goes and Mm. i'm right there's there's no ground to move there Mm. yeah big red flag yeah, it's so challenging to be under leadership like that. 
um, because often uh, like leaders when they're at the best allow for space for you to have creativity, mm. um, space for you to fail. We were talking about that yes, earlier. Yeah. And when leaders say this one way is the only way this thing can happen and it's like my way or the highway, then it doesn't allow that space for creativity, for playing around, for trying things and failing. Um, so it can be real a real challenge and it can like not just challenging but then lead to harm and other sorts of things as well. Mm. So those are some key things um, in terms of opposite of what we talked about in the last episode, but they're not the only things. Oh, no um, way. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, unfortunately, up, it's everybody. quite a long list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we were also having a conversation about, um, so we talked about power, um, using power for the good of others. But I guess the flip side of that, the red flag in leadership is the using power uh, to get what the leader wants, to mm. perhaps manipulate a situation to get what they want. Um, you see things like gaslighting. Uh, so there's all sorts of things that sit under that oh. control and power and using power for the good of the leader, not for the good of the people they're leading. Yes. Um, so again, any um, any ways we see this play out, any thoughts around manipulation, power, control? I was going to say just firstly, like mm. those that the language that we're using in terms of manipulation, gaslighting, all that, mm. until I'd experienced it personally being under leadership, those words, I was like, no way. Like a pastor couldn't do that. A leader in church mm-hmm. couldn't do that to me. How Like that just felt so foreign. I was like, you can't hang a word like manipulation or abuse or gaslighting on a pastor and so mm. it took me a long time to kind of accept that those things huh. can happen in a yeah, church. Totally. Yeah, totally. And so that might be hitting hard for some people if mm. we're already throwing like manipulation. Mm. Like pastors actually can do that. Mm. Um, yeah. I was reading a book the other day um, and I'll I'll put the title of it in, um, in the notes at the end of this because I can't remember the title off the top of my head, which is terrible. Um, <laughs> but it was around ethics and pastors and um, like – forming good ethical moral character in in pastors and it was saying up until just Mm. recently in history most people assumed that a pastor couldn't do these things because a good Christian leader should inherently have in and of themselves good ethics and morals and and good character and it's only been um, I'd say in the last 20 to 50 years as we've seen uh, pastors in the media for all different reasons um, where they've done the wrong thing where they've behaved badly the people are starting to realize that christian leaders pastors aren't inherently Crazy. moral in and of themselves they might be human and yeah. really broken <laughs> that's right so it's interesting that you're reflecting that yeah um because it seems to have been a trend and it's only really being written about in the last 20 years or so mm. um but you're right they're people yeah we're people yeah right and we yeah. do these things or have the ability to do these things too mm. so. yeah well mary do you have any uh experiences or thoughts on like the manipulation, gaslighting, those kinds of terms that are thrown out for perhaps way that ways that people can lead. Yeah, I think you're right. Like they can be quite scary, but um, unpacking them a little bit and thinking about subtle ways that they happen is really mm. helpful. Um, I think, um, you know, one of the things I notice happens a lot and, and I'm talking like in the church and outside of the church is um, there's kind of a narrative that happens when people start questioning authority when they feel like it's being used poorly or being abused Mm -hmm. um that comes from the authority figure that is like you're being divisive or (laughs) you're um you're not really understanding like the special purpose that we've been given or Mm -hmm. like the 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 vision that we have like Mm. um and Uh and then when people start pushing um 
maybe to change things or even to leave mm. that setting. There's a kind of a narrative that goes along with that and, and how that plays out for people as they leave. Yes. And so that's something that I think I really pay attention to is when people are talking about their experience and maybe leaving that context and again, like church or non-church, mm. Mm. Um, what, are, what is being said about them or around them and yes. their choices to leave? Because yeah. that can actually be something that really highlights like that the way that um, a leader might use their authority to try and control the narrative mm. and, and control that situation and control the people that are involved. Mm. Definitely. Totally. I'm just remembering a situation I was in where I was asking some questions about something and the response back to me, and they were pretty normal kinds of questions you'd be asking. The response back to me was that I was the reason there wouldn't be unity in the church in Adelaide. <laughs> So like that's the kind of response back to it. And mm. it's like, gosh, if I'm I'm just asking a couple of questions and yeah. because I have a couple of questions, I, I'm yeah. now responsible for the unity of the church in the totally. state that I live in. Yeah. That's a lot to put on a person. Oh, yeah. And how scary that I've had the exact same thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and in very different contexts. Or yeah. Like I'm like, wow. So it's it's our fault. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And like the the scary thing is if you hear that often enough, and this is where the manipulation and gaslighting that comes gaslighting, in. Gaslighting, yeah. Yeah. If you hear that often enough, you start to believe mm. it is true. Mm. And that's really, really, really hard to get out of mm. that. The um, the neural pathways have started to form to say, I am the problem. I am the reason that, yeah. you know, the church is never going to have unity or whatever. And it's very hard to untrain your brain yeah. away from thinking those patterns. Mm. So complicated. There's also this thing that happens. It's a bit self-perpetuating in that like, one of the things that we talk a lot about in Christian circles and in our spirituality is discernment. And mm. part of how we discern is doing that together. So if you're having concerns about a situation, yeah. any situation at all, mm. or your concerns about your own spirituality, um, you might like be encouraged to go speak to someone about it. And that's mm. good and right. That's what we should mm. be doing. Speaking to other Christians who, who believe in God and who believe the same things as us and have the same vision. Mm. But in a setting where there's maybe some control issues happening or some abusive leadership once you start um, trying to seek out other people and discern together with them, mm. unfortunately, th- it becomes this maybe a grey area. I don't know that it necessarily is, but there's this kind of space that happens where you feel like you are sharing concerns and trying to discern together, but then it gets called things like gossip yeah. or yeah. Mm. or like division because you're mm. spreading disunity. Dishonouring, mm. right? Yeah, and dishonouring yeah. the leadership. And I think um, that is something that I... I really struggle even to navigate like mm. because we, we should be discerning together and, and if I have a concern but I'm holding it to myself, someone else might have that concern too and that might be the spirit speaking. Yeah. But then this, yeah, thing that comes back is like that actually you just need to shut up and get in line yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and how do we move mm. forward from that place? Mm. It's really tricky. Yeah, mm. you almost you almost then need another conversation to discern being told to shut up and get in line like (laughs) you almost need to yeah and I guess it it is part of that ongoing discernment together is not just the initial situation but perhaps any response that comes back from it and at the same time like as leaders you want to be checking yourself like if someone comes back to you and says actually that was inappropriate to be having that conversation Mm. sometimes it is manipulation and gaslighting and other times you're like oh actually I need to take that corrective Mm. And working out which it is is so hard. And then when you have God in the middle of it all, that's where it gets really blurry Mm because then you are caught in this position where your leader is saying that they're hearing from God on one thing, but you Mm -hmm. feel so deeply that you're hearing from God on another thing. And at the end of the day, you're you're stuck asking like who carries the weight and who's got the final call. Yeah. And then perhaps it is the person in authority 
Mm. But you've got this like this knot in your stomach knowing full Mm. well that perhaps there's something quite off. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it's really tricky because along with this, like along with this red flag of leadership of using power badly can also come narcissism which is the idea of being self-centered, self-focused. There's a really great book out there. Again, can't remember the name of the author. My brain's not remembering names today. But um, When Narcissism Comes to Church. And I've been listening to a few of um, the things, like podcasts that he uh, has recorded recently. And it's this idea of um, the leader is always right. They believe their own hype. Mm. Um, Everyone kind of ends up, because they are so confident, um, and, and everything's sort of about them, people basically end up worshipping them. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard sometimes to distinguish the voice of God from the voice of a leader who will speak with such authority that they say, this is the word of the Lord for you. Right. Um, and you, as a leader and as a pastor, you want to be able to present people with what God is saying, but it tips in, it can tip into an unhealthy space. Um, and then when you have, you know, scripture used against you, you have a bunch of passages which are like, you know, honor the leaders in your life mm. because they've been appointed by God to shepherd mm. you and guard you, whatever. Mm. But when scripture is turned and twisted mm. <laughs> in a way so that the, the leader can just get what they want, mm. like that's where it becomes messed up. Yeah. And your yep. picture of God can be so distorted. Yes. Yep. So much. Uh, and so I like I would encourage anyone who is wondering what narcissism is, go check the book out or go check out um, some of the, the podcasts around it when narcissism comes to church. Because uh, mm. I, listening to it the last few days, have found it really helpful um, Yeah, just to think about for me and for the, the leaders that I'm under, what does what does it look like and what things should I be looking out for in people like that who are um, who are would be classified as being narcissistic it's worth mentioning that it is actually a con- like a condition um that you're diagnosed with so oh, people wow. use the word narcissism all the time but it's actually a condition yeah and i think where this becomes a little tricky is that for leaders generally and particularly leaders in churches part of our role a huge part of our roles is to cast vision and mm. to set mm. like an idea and a dream in people's hearts and minds to work toward and that's Mm. what we want and Mm. we have this great vision of the kingdom of God yeah but sometimes that vision becomes so much the priority that people get left behind or trampled in you know Mm. in the pursuit of that and and Mm. it's particularly I think it can be hard to kind of untie or like pull up pull apart the knot of where vision and the leader get tangled together Um, but I think it's part of like looking out for where the leader's sense of identity or their sense of um, their own part to play in that Mm. vision becomes so – like when they are the key to achieving that vision. Yeah, totally. More than the community or more than God is the key to to achieving that. That's that's really good. That's such a good point. When the – when the vision couldn't happen without the leader, mm, yep. that's a massive red flag. Yep. If the community couldn't carry it without the leader, that's a worry for sure. Mm. Wow. Even Jesus knew that wasn't true. I mean, we needed yeah. Jesus, but like once he was gone, the vision continued. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And he said it would be better yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. when I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get someone so better. So let's model let's our leadership you. after yeah. Jesus, people. <laughs> Shockingly, I think that's the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Be like Jesus. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> no, because we want to tell still them about, more red flags. We, yes, we want to tell them about a book that we've all had a little bit of a peruse at. Mm. Uh, so we do have a book sitting in front of us. It is brand new. It's only been out for about a month, maybe six weeks. Yeah. Um, and it's called Celebrities for Jesus. 
how personas, platforms and profits are hurting the church by Caitlin Beatty. And uh, there's so many things in this book that have absolutely just blown me away, convicted me, really challenging. But one of the things that she talks about, I mean, she talks about celebrities for Jesus, basically Christian celebrities. Mm. And she says that this celebrity culture is kind of unhealthy and it happens when there's power without proximity. Mm. And I found that so helpful. So um, kind of this, the toxic red flag church culture stuff happens when there's the leader has power over the people but without proximity. And what she means by that is that there is a lack of accountability, um, mm. that the the pastor or the leader is not approachable, uh, that they don't have anyone who can say no to them. Um, they have they surround themselves with yes people. Yes, and that's strategic from them. Yes, oh, totally. Um, yeah. When they like handpick boards and elders um, with people who are going to say yes to them and not challenge them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that for me is a massive red flag. If you have a leader who... Um, even if it's like it can be, in a, it, it doesn't have to be, I mean, it's called Celebrities for Jesus. It doesn't have to be a mega church for this to be the oh, case. Or even church in yeah, general. Or church in like. general. That's right. This can happen kind of anywhere. Absolutely. Um, and so we've seen probably all can think of extreme examples, but mm. um, there, are, there are much smaller examples of this and it's still it still hurts people. Mm. Um, and so leaders who are in this space, this power without proximity space, um, often see people as resources. Oh. Um, so they keep people at a distance to maintain their power uh, and people are resources to fill rosters or to get the job done uh, but aren't necessarily seen as people who are made in the image of God. Um, and so what you tend to get is high turnover. Mm. Um, so, yeah, high turnover of volunteers, high turnover of people in the community. Um, so it's putting putting the platform or the program, or the organisation before the people. Um, and I think we're all a little bit like, uh, on this one, because I think like if you've yeah. been around any organisation for any length of time, you've possibly experienced this to some extent, and it sucks. Yeah, so true. And sometimes we don't even realise the way that that's been happening or the way we've been used until it gets named for us by somebody mm. else. Oh, seriously. And I have a moment like that. It was um, – yeah, I was meeting with a leader who I hadn't really had many conversations with at all. And I remember we sat down and I was like, you know, trying to get to know you. It was one of those kind of like, oh, who are you? What's your life story? Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point during the conversation, he looked at me and just said, Emma, you are not a resource. You are a person. Mm-hmm. In the middle of this cafe, I just burst into tears and I had no idea that that was so oh, embedded in who I was and mm-hmm. how I saw things and just how I functioned. And he said to me, he was like, you have a lot of healing uh, that mm. has to happen. It's like mm. you really see yourself as a resource, as something that um, – or as someone who can just do things. Mm. Um, you're, you're a person. Mm. Yeah. Wow, what does that look like for us to be people mm. yes. with feelings and mm. minds and mm. health and oh, yeah. just holistically we are people, we are not yes. resources. Yes. And if that has been something for you, um, yeah, I wonder what it looks like for us to start reframing some of this. Mm. That's something I've been thinking about a lot lately, actually, just um, so much of the way that maybe let's say the Western Evangelical Church talks about people Mm. or about us, like in Mm. our roles in churches or in ministry is that we're vessels to be filled and that we're, um, you know, it does sort of tend towards that resource-based language. And Mm. I think I've been just really unpacking that and feeling it, like feeling my way through what it means I love the language we learn like at college about participating with God. Yeah. Like we're not there to just be used or yeah. abused or like 
we're not at all like we're people yes. who get to join with God in what God is doing yeah. and and participate in bringing like again participating in bringing that vision to light not being yeah. used by other people to bring the vision yes yeah yep. and often to bring their vision to light and, yeah. and that can start in a really good place and it can be a kingdom mm. vision but often it becomes their vision the thing that only they carry mm. um and the people kind of just follow along I think the thing though from this book, Celebrities for Jesus, the thing that really challenged me in this is the acknowledgement that we actually, and this is kind of gross language, but we platform people. We give people this power because we idolise them. And so Caitlin Beatty actually, she has this thing in the book where she says, we turn people who were meant to be icons, and by icon she means image of God, image bearer of -hmm. God. We turn icons into idols. Mm. So we give people power by idolizing them uh, and well, yeah. that's yeah something that we need to wrestle with in ourselves. That's right. Someone only has the power that we give them, mm. right? Like if someone's standing on a platform, like they haven't got there just because they decided they'd get there. Mm. Like we've given them some sort of level of power and authority mm. for them to be there and for them to stay there. Yeah. And so like again, we, we talked a bit about this, like with with roles and responsibilities comes – a level of power but we need to be careful as people who sit under leaders not to put them in the place of God Mm. so an idol is anything that's put in the place of God that doesn't belong there so they're good things people leaders are good things just because we're talking about red flags of leadership it doesn't mean leadership is inherently bad but we as people who follow tend to idolize uh, and that's a pretty dangerous place and condition for ourselves to get into so it's kind of like two sides to a coin Mm. You, like us as followers, and we're putting ourselves in the place of followers at the moment, us as followers can idolise people and that um, increases their power over us. But sometimes the people have power before we even Mm. get there. And so it's not always us, but it it is something that we need to keep a check and balance on in and of ourselves. But I think for me where it gets really dangerous is when a person's platform or their influence outgrows their character. Mm -hmm. When a person uh, gets, you know, shot to the top leadership and they haven't gone through all of those tasks of identity and humility yeah. and character formation. Yeah. Uh, and that's where we see some of the real serious abuses take place in, mm. in organisations, in churches. Um, so I think like we need to consider for ourselves as leaders, are we continually daily working on our character formation, on our integrity, on our humility, uh, on all of the things we've been talking about? Uh, and then by God's grace, the influence that we have and our character grows at the same pace, at the mm. same time, or even better yet, that our character outgrows our influence. That would be yes. goals. Yeah. yeah. Any thoughts on on that? Yeah. So that makes me think of something. Um, I think it was John Mark Comer and he, I think he was referencing a book called The Hidden Life of Trees, which is this funny thing that happens in forests where essentially like because the trees grow up and the canopy mm. sort of covers and not a lot of light filters through. And so when there's like a new kind of sapling, I think, mm. like a new tree that's growing, they don't get a lot of sun and they don't get enough sun to grow tall. So often what happens is they will grow like why do the trunks get stronger and grow bigger uh, like across mm. and their deep their roots go deeper and that's the no- sort of natural thing. So they have this slow growth that mm. happens. Mm. But if a tree nearby kind of falls prematurely or is chopped down, um, then this sunlight comes streaming through and it, the tree suddenly like, oh, I've got like all this energy, like mm. I've got what I need and just sort of flourishes, but it only goes up. 
and and it stops mm. kind of going wide yeah. and deep and I think about that in light of our own leadership like we hear this language a lot like go deep in our relationship with Jesus and mm. and um, have like a thick spirituality that's really meaningful but sometimes when our platform or our influence grows that can overtake our own spiritual development mm. and we start to kind of or we see people who are in that position where the leader sort of takes off and and the space for going wide and deep kind of disappears mm. and or, or gets pushed to the side and they're yeah. no longer working on that. Yeah. What do, what do you think keeps someone there? Like if they're not down deep, if they're not down wide but they've shotten up and they're like, you know, because they've been given the opportunity and the light's there, like what mm. what keeps a leader there? Because I feel like I can think of many leaders that are there but they don't have the character but they're there. Mm. Mm. Power. And us idolizing them, the things we've just been talking about. Yeah. Um, like they like with with a platform, with influence, with a role comes the power. And the people who who go, I'm going to give you the influence, I'm gonna give you the power, I'm gonna idolize. I mean, there's probably lots of other reasons, but I think coming back to what we we're just talking about, it's part of the reason people end up staying in those spaces until you see the kind of falls that we can all think of mm. um, happening. It's interesting though, if we think about that for us, what Mary was just saying, um, there have been a lot of times, and I, I think about this for myself, like I was hired by a church to be a youth and young adults pastor effectively at 19 years old. The people I were leading <laughs> were like a year younger than me in <laughs> the youth crazy. ministry <laughs> and the young adults were older than me, right? Mm. And it, and that's an example of being given a platform long, like I didn't even know what character was and I didn't I didn't know about like having to be self-reflective oh as a leader. Sophie at 19 scares me. <laughs> Sophie at 19 scares me too. Oh. Who the heck put me in that, that position? <laughs> I know. And I, I have like jokingly I have said who would hire me at 19 quite a few times to the people who did. But but seriously, like there have been times where I've been, been given opportunities because people go, oh, we see, you know, leadership in you or whatever. And people give me opportunities and I've got to very seriously consider, do I say no to this? Mm. Because I actually don't think that my character development's at a place where I could handle that. Mm. And I obviously said yes to being hired into that role at 19, but there have been other times where I've had to go, that would be a phenomenal opportunity. I would have a platform to speak in all sorts of different spaces, but actually I think no, like I'm discerning that no is the right answer or not now is the right answer because my character hasn't developed enough and like that takes a whole lot of self-reflection and yeah. self-awareness in order to say yep. no to those things mm. and humility right? mm. yeah it's so hard like when you're presented with a good fun exciting opportunity it's so hard to even toy with the idea of saying no uh, and yet I, like, you know, you were saying to me last week, Emma, when I said, you know, tell me a bit about how you see me, my character, and you were like harsh, mm. brutal, those mm, sort, that sort of mm. language. If I'm not self-reflective about those things yeah. and I'm given a platform or influence that is beyond the character development I've done around the fact that I can be harsh, I can be mm. brutal, that's going to hurt people. And so as people who are in leadership positions and who are, you know, possibly going to be in, in larger leadership positions at some point, um, mm. in our lives, it's actually that self-reflection that needs to take place in us now um, because that's going to be what makes us pause and think, is this a good opportunity? Like, is my character in a place that can handle 
having this amount of light on me or the spotlight on me or you know people looking up to me and the answer has not always been yes for me there have been times where I've been like nope I am not in a place where I should be leading those people I also think about that self-awareness of like if you do say yes what do you need in place to yeah, keep good. you mm-hmm. healthy in that setting yeah. mm-hmm. just thinking about your question Emma what keeps people in these positions of power when they might not have the character mm. that we would like I mean there's not much getting around the fact that we've already said it they often surround themselves with people who are going to mm. say yes and so and often the people around them are also abusive leaders like or, or tend towards you know loving the power that comes with with oh, being totally. in proximity to that yeah. person or whatever mm. And so if you're, yeah, but the opposite of that is saying, maybe I want to step into this role, but I know I need some support. So I'm going to set myself up with some accountability or I know that I, um, do you know, something I've been doing is like Sabbath. I've never really done it in my (laughs) life, which is terrible, but Mm. I have found it so enriching because I just like, that's a whole nother topic, but it's just been something that I've, Mm. now that I'm doing it, I'm like, I can't believe I wasn't doing this before. And it does have an impact on like my character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what do you need if you're if you're growing in leadership? What do you mm. actually need to help help your character to continue to grow, mm. regardless of the context that you're in? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So yeah, I think um, getting people around you who can say mm. no to you or who can say, "Hey, that was a bit harsh," or that mm. you know you might not have handled that the right way. Um, yeah. So learning to be self-reflective. Um, yeah, and having those times of rest, having those spaces where it's just you and God alone. So one of the things, and I don't know if you've both experienced this as well, one of the things for me in particularly at 19 being hired to, you know, speak at a youth event every, you know, Friday night was that all of my Bible reading, all of my time spent reflecting on who God is was to prepare for the next event. Mm. And yeah. I wasn't then taking any yeah. time that was just me and God. And so it's not only is rest and Sabbath um, and delighting in who God is, is really important, but also having my own relationship with God that's not just done for the sake of leading and teaching Mm. others um, is so important. Yeah, and, like, it can be so easy to just fake that stuff or, like, Mm. you know, use the Christianese to kind of get around what we're not doing in our own lives. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, totally. I mean, I feel like I... I fake it. Mm. <laughs> um, no. Confession time. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Because, um, I mean, working in a space where I am out the front speaking in front of hundreds of people mm. every week. Mm. And, you know, when you have your off week or you're working mm. through really hard mm. traumatic things, I'm like, I hate God right now. And yet I have to talk about how great he is. Mm. Mm. And so sometimes, yeah, there is that element of faking it. And it's really hard because I'm like, do I even believe this when I'm talking in front of a bunch of these people? Mm. But I still receive comments and people are like, that was amazing. That was so good. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that was really believable and convincing because I can talk well in front of You're a lot charismatic. of people. You're mm. charismatic. Right? I can mm. make it convincing enough. And so mm. I guess the question is, at what point does charisma outweigh character? Mm. Are we choosing to platform our leaders due to them being charismatic mm. over like a deep, founded mm. character mm. yeah and I asked you this question Emma a, a couple of weeks ago like would you mm. would you prefer a charismatic leader or a boring like a boring speaker but who had a deep deep spirituality and it's a it's an unfair question um to ask because it's not always that binary it's not always 
you know, people with charisma don't have good character and aren't not. in yeah. a relationship with Jesus. But it's so tempting to want to go mm. to the person who speaks really well. Yes. Um, who Great presents really well. Yeah. Ties you up. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Um, and sometimes those people are really good at presenting a particular way. Now, the, the hard thing here is, is that God can still use that. Mm. And that's where yes. I'm really challenged because uh, I look at myself, I look at other leaders and I go, oh, the character's just not there. But then like you've just said, Emma, you get people coming up to you being like, wow, that was like so meaningful. God really spoke to me through that. And you're like, I felt like I was faking it. Yeah, and yet right? somehow God is so gracious that he would use, that broken he would use people yeah. maybe even broken, ten- broken intentions. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that is so tricky because even in hard, abusive, yucky situations, God can still do his thing. And again, it doesn't ever um, excuse the behaviors that go on or the things that get said. And But God is somehow in the mix still working and that's beautiful and messy. Mm. So at this point, it would be so easy to be like, stuff it leadership's too hard it's too hard to be under leaders yeah. let's just give up go live in the desert by ourselves or yes, something I want to be a nun <laughs> <laughs> but like it because this stuff is so hard and, and the minute you start talking about all of the really challenging things and giving language to it it's like oh this is just so hard it hurts mm. too much mm. um like I don't want to be under someone who's going to hurt me again and I don't want people well, yeah. under me who are going to be hurting me I've had enough. That's it. It's done. damaging. It is damaging. <laughs> enough crap to work through already. Yeah. And this is why it's so important to talk about. Mm. Yes. Because we need to give people language to name the experiences they've had and also um, to hold people accountable to things. So it would be really easy just to give up on all of this. But I actually think like if we can think about it well, that that's actually the starting point. And so, mm. again, another quote from Celebrities for Jesus. Um, Emma, do you want to read that out yeah from Andy Crouch he says this he says power is not given to benefit those who hold it it is given for the flourishing of individuals peoples and the cosmos itself power's right use is especially important for the flourishing of the vulnerable the members of the human family who most need others to use power well to survive and thrive Mm. the young the aged the sick and the dispossessed Caitlin Beatty goes on and she says, power is the innate human ability to steward the world, to glorify God and bless creation and fellow image bearers. God Mm. originally intended for all humans to exercise power Mm. as an extension of their bearing God's Mm. image. And whether God intended it or simply because of how humans have organized societies and cultures since the beginning of time, some people now have more power than others. Yet the mark of power rightly stewarded is that those with power enable everyone around them to flourish. Mm. People entrusted to their care thrive in material, spiritual and relational ways and are themselves empowered to steward their own power Mm. on others' behalf. Yeah. Wow. That we're using our power Mm. for the sake of others to steward it on the behalf of the vulnerable and the aged and the sick and the dispossessed. Yeah. For those people, but I think we can probably all sit here and say that we haven't done that well yeah. all of the time. Yep. And so we don't just sit far off calling out these red flags and the leaders we've been under and we sit outside of that, that mm. actually this is something in us too and we must we must be aware of that. Mm. Um, yeah. And I think it gets to the point where instead of giving up, we say, oh, that's right, we are. Yes, in the image of God, 
but we are broken. Mm -hmm. We are both saint and sinner. We are Mm -hmm. both beggar Mm -hmm. and, you know, made right in Christ. And so I think it gets to this point where our only option is to come before God, Mm -hmm. help us and heal us, change us. Yeah. Continue Mm -hmm. to form character in us and develop us. Uh, And so we thought a really nice way to finish this off would be, Mary, you've got a book there. Tell us maybe what that is and then what's in it. Oh, I like to collect old prayer books. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) So special. Yeah, it's great. Um, So I've got a prayer that I'm going to read for Mm. us. I seek to serve, dear Lord, and thus to follow thee, to walk in lowly ways, in true humility. I seek to heal, dear Lord. I would not injure thee. For others I cannot wound without first wounding thee. Mm. I seek to love, dear Lord. I seek to follow thee. Thou who art holy love, draw near, be love in me. Amen. 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 <laughs> so beautiful. If you need to pause the podcast, and go back cry. and re-listen to that and spend some time meditating on it, I think that's probably a really good idea. Now, there was a lot in that. Mm. Uh, possibly brought up some things for you. Um, we want to encourage you not only to do all the things we normally say, like keep trusting Jesus, keep wrestling uh, with the tension, but also to keep telling your story yep. if you've experienced this. Yes. Um, really important that uh, this stuff doesn't stay hidden yep. um, because that's where things go really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep telling your story, keep trusting Jesus keep wrestling with this tension of leadership not leadership green flags red flags uh, and we will catch you in the next episode Bye. bye Test one, two. Frank Walker from National Tiles. <laughs> I hate doing this. I never know what to say. Um, <laughs> Perfect. That's all we need. All right. <laughs>